This video is part of an audiobook series featuring Narrative Economics by Robert J. Schiller, How Stories Go Viral and Drive Major Economic Events. For more audiobooks, please visit my YouTube channel or my website for downloads. Part 3, Perennial Economic Narratives. Chapter 9, Recurrence and Mutation. In previous chapters, we've focused on the elements of narrative economics, exploring how popular stories go viral, morph into epidemics, and influence economic and political events. We illustrated the discussion with several real-world examples, including Frederick Lewis Allen's insights into the Great Depression, John Maynard Keynes's analysis of the narrative origins of World War II, the Bitcoin narrative, and the Laffer Curve narrative. In this part of the book, we consider nine of the most important narrative constellations. These perennial narratives won't completely go away, and they pop up in many mutated forms. They touch on some of the most important themes in the air today. The idea that machines will replace all workers and cause mass unemployment. The idea that a return to the gold standard would provide better and greater monetary stability. The idea that real estate and stock markets hold special value and the idea that business or labor unions are evil. These ever-shifting and ever-renewing narratives affect economic behavior by changing the popular understanding of the economy, by altering public perceptions of economic reality, by creating new ideas about what is meaningful and important and moral, or by suggesting new scripts for individual behavior. The chapters in this part of the book demonstrate these perennial narratives' overarching and ever-shifting influence on society today, explaining how many of the challenges that we tend to attribute to discrete contemporary forces are in fact influenced profoundly by narratives, stories that took root generations and even centuries ago, but that reappear in newly configured expressions. Engaging with these examples challenges the way we think about the economy, from large-scale phenomena such as depressions and wars, through major economic forces such as the stock market and real estate, through socially sustaining institutions such as work and technology. As we have seen, a disease epidemic such as influenza, measles, or the mumps can recur after a, a mutation changes its contagiousness. Disease epidemics tend to recur after a mutation overcomes acquired immunity, although sometimes the mutation is a result of a change in environmental conditions that increase the disease's contagion. With influenza, for example, there are regularly recurring epidemics and occasional massive and dangerous epidemics, depending on subtle differences in the viral genome or environmental conditions. Thus, the 1918 flu pandemic often called the Spanish flu, cost more lives than World War I did. The Spanish flu and epidemiology mirrors the trajectory of the Great Depression of the 1930s in economics, except that narratives rather than viruses carried the disease of the Great Depression. In both cases, the virulence was especially intense and surprising. So before we move into the details of perennial economic narratives, it is helpful to detail the ways in which these two essential mechanisms, recurrence and mutation, define and inform economic narratives. How Economic Narratives Mutate 
Just as mutations in influenza may spark a new contagion of a disease with manifestations similar to those of previous outbreaks, so too do economic narratives mutate. But we must be careful in separating the threads of similarity and difference. Typically, when a narrative reappears, say in another country or a few decades later, the mutated narrative tends to have different features from those of the original narrative, a different celebrity, different visual images, or a different punchline. For example, in chapter 12, we will discuss the gold standard narrative and the bimetallism narrative, which have some deep similarity to the Bitcoin narrative, but with William Jennings Bryan substituted for Satoshi Nakamoto. The next new money narrative will have yet another celebrity's name. Just as Brian is mostly forgotten today, Nakamoto will likely be mostly forgotten in the future. Someone who creates a highly successful new electronic currency in the future will best craft a contagious story about it, as by attaching a popular celebrity's name to it. This variation may be necessary for contagion. A mutation in a narrative can also occur when some event transpires to change associations of the narrative. For example, some public event may underscore that a narrative is or is not politically correct. People, of course, hesitate to repeat stories that would now associate them with such a scandalous event. Mutations in a narrative or in the environment surrounding the narrative may cause it to become an economic narrative by tying it better to economic decisions. A mutation may also occur that increases contagion but twists the story so that it ceases to be the same economic narrative. It may then morph into somewhat into some different moral or lesson afterwards. For example, we shall see below a narrative about labor-saving machines replacing jobs in chapter 13, which created a sense of fear during the Great Depression of the 1930s, but the same narrative mutated in chapter 14, to create a sense of opportunity during the dot-com boom of the 1990s. These cases can be confusing to those who study a narrative, for some key words in the narrative may come up in searches for a much longer span of time than the period when they had specific economic interpretation. Narratives may be relevant to economic events, even if the timing of the narrative's appearance does not coincide with the event. When it goes epidemic, a narrative may inspire a latent fear, such as a fear that technology will someday replace one's job, which may result eventually in changes in economic behavior years later, when some other narrative or news creates a sense that the feared replacement is imminent. How Economic Narratives Recur The mutations that cause the recurrence of narratives can be random accidents, but more likely creative people, including professional marketing experts, politicians, fishers, spelled with a PH, and just plain social media enthusiasts have been involved in some element of their design. The creative types know that the older narratives proved their potential by going viral long ago, but are no longer contagious. The celebrity attached to the original narrative may be forgotten or discarded. The narrative may have been co-epidemic with another lost narrative. Thus, the creative people must try to link it to some extant epidemic. Recurrent epi economic narratives tend to have an international scope, 
partly because people in the news media long ago learned that they should observe the news in foreign countries, for what is viral in, in one country can often be made contagious in another. But like contagious disease epidemics, at any given time, the narrative epidemics tend to be stronger in some countries than in others. In addition, narrative epidemics are more similar in countries that share a language or borders. The, example in this the examples in this book come mostly from the United States, the country in which I have lived my life, and the country about which I have the best intuition and knowledge. Also, the United States has long documented its business cycle history. The National Bureau of Economic Research, NBER, maintains a chronicle of business cycle expansions and contractions back to the year 1854. Some critics might argue that institutional changes in the U.S. have been so profound and transformative that there is practically nothing useful to be learned from distant history. Hmm. However, the events and reactions of 50, 100, and 150 years ago are surprisingly similar to what we see and experience today. In today's narratives, we see the echoes of these historical periods. Remember the story about the huckster who offers a coin toss bet with the words, heads I win, tails you lose, and the sucker who took that bet? That little gem of a narrative has been in circulation since 1847, and perhaps earlier. At that time, it was sometimes attached to stories of the Whig Party, Zachary Taylor, 12th U.S. President, or Richard Cobden, the foremost 19th century advocate of free markets, whom we are unlikely to think about today. In the mid-19th century, people weren't telling exactly the same stories with the same interpretations that we see today, but the themes are surprisingly similar over time. Big Economic Events, Big Narrative Lessons The biggest economic events in the U.S. since 1854, as defined by the NBER, include the following. We will return to these events frequently in later chapters. 1. A depression from 1857 to 1859, following the secession of the southern states in 1860-61, and the U.S. Civil War. The Civil War was the, most, was the most lethal war in U.S. history, responsible for more fatalities than all other U.S. wars combined. 2. A depression from 1873 to 1879 that led to the publication of the best-selling economics book of all time in the U.S., Henry George's Progress and Poverty, 1879, which accused the unrestrained free market system of producing worsening equality, or inequality. 3. A depression in the 1890s comprising two NBER contractions, 1893 and 1894, and 1895 to 1897. The extended depression, during which unemployment always exceeded 8%, ran from 1893 to 1899. This depression coincided with an aggressive phase in U.S. history, with the U.S. launching the Spanish-American War and the Philippine War. 4. A series of three short contractions from 1907 to 1914, starting with the Panic of 1907, which ended only with the heroic advances made by J.P. Morgan and other bankers. 
These events led to the creation of the Federal Reserve System to prevent such banking crises in the future. These contractions were followed by World War I, which began in 1914. 5. A brief but extreme depression from 1920 to 1921 that included the sharpest deflation ever experienced in the U.S. 6. The Great Depression after the 1929 stock market crash, which morphed into a worldwide depression. In the U.S., the extended depression ran from 1930 to 1941, with unemployment uniformly exceeding 8%. The Great Depression took its name from the 1934 Lionel Robbins book with that title. It comprised two NBER contractions, 1929 to 1933 and 1937 to 1938. The Worldwide Depression immediately preceded World War II. 7. A severe recession in 1973 to 75, associated with a war in the Middle East and an oil embargo. Economist Otto Eckstein called this period the Great Recession in his eight, sorry, 1978 book with that title, inviting comparison to the Great Depression. 8. A severe recession from eight, 1980 to 1982, comprising two NBER contractions, a short contraction within the year 1980, and soon after, another contraction in 1981 to 82 associated again with a war in the Middle East. At this time, the recession was called the Great Recession, again inviting comparison to the Great Depression. 9. A severe recession from 2007 to 2009, also named the Great Recession, once again inviting comparisons with the Great Depression, and this time the name really went viral and has stuck to this day. These recessions and depressions are narratives in themselves, active in producing subsequent events. Thought in any economic downturn tends to emphasize the last large downturn, with attention also paid to the record holder. In the U.S. and much of the world, the record holder is, of course, the Great Depression of the 1930s. Usually, economic historians who attempt to identify the causes of recessions and depressions list events that were contemporary with the downturns, bank failures, strikes, acts of government, gold discoveries, crop failures, stock market events, and so on. Such information is useful, but our goal is to consider these depressions and recessions in terms of the prominent narratives and narrative constellations that likely helped bring them about or increase their severity. Ultimately, however, we can give no final proof of causality because these event events are so deeply complicated and multiple narratives are involved. But the cumulative influence of narratives in the gestation of these very serious economic events is beyond circumstantial. The first step in our task is organizing and classifying some of the major economic narratives and mutations that allowed them to recur over long periods of time. The remaining chapters in this part will describe nine perennial economic narratives, along with some of their mutations and recurrences. Most readers will recognize these narratives in their most recent forms, but not in their old forms. The list is as follows. 1. Panic versus confidence. 2. Frugality versus conspicuous consumption. 3. 
Gold standard versus bimetallism. Four, labor-saving machines replace many jobs. Five, automation and artificial intelligence replace almost all jobs. Six, real estate booms and busts. Seven, stock market bubbles. Eight, boycotts, profiteers, and evil business. And nine, the wage price spiral and evil and evil labor unions. Some of these chapters present a pair of opposing narrative constellations. For example, frugality versus conspicuous consumption. These pairs suggest opposite economic actions and opposite moral judgments. At certain times, one of the constellations may work toward extinguishing the other, but at other times, it may help reinforce the other constellation through the controversy generated. Note that these chapters are organized thematically, not chronologically, because the themes are relevant beyond the specific historical moment in which they occur. Our main goal is to extract common themes from these narratives that will help us recognize and anticipate the effects of future economic narratives. Thank you for watching. Please like, subscribe, and visit my channel for more exciting content.